Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. I'm back. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, the Antifa rogue, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? What is up? <laughs> what is up? How was the cult, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good. Uh, we drained out three pints of blood and added six pints of wolf's blood. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty, pretty lively right now. Oh, okay. I mean, I didn't think you were joining that type of cult, but uh, I'm glad our listeners uh, and myself included are uh, are pleased that you're back. You I'm, survived. I'm only into gaining more power in this uh, on the eve of our Halloween, Jerry. Great That's greatness at any cost. That's all I'm about. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Well, it's great great to be back on the show. Uh, sorry, I was able to to not make it last week, uh, but things are things are settled down now. Um, so before we get into the show and we get into our guest, we do want to give you guys a quick update. I know that we. We've been doing the Coda Drive for Wesley for months now, uh, and we just sent our overall donation a few weeks ago. It totaled to be three thousand dollars, which was which was really awesome, uh, really exciting, and uh, which just sh- goes to show you that like this community just does some pretty amazing stuff. So thank you again for that. Um, so Wesley, uh, they actually found his liver match, which is pretty amazing. Um, the surgery was a success, and uh, and Rich told us all that he's he's been recovering very nicely. So if you didn't see that news on the Facebook page or in the Discord chat, if you're a patron, uh, we did kind of want to get that across to all you listeners who have been so supportive and uh, and helpful with that so thanks again for all the all the support there i know uh rich and wesley are, are very appreciative as well and uh, we wish them the, the best in uh in his recovery right yeah definitely uh it was kind of perfect timing uh yeah they just was unexpected they just found the match and it was time to go so yeah. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So, so, um, so speaking of charity drives, um, we are doing uh, another one. So we're kind of rolling right from the from Wesley's into a new one. Uh, we're doing it for the Christmas season. Um, we are going to be uh, adopting. The idea is for us to adopt a couple, maybe a family, or maybe up to two, depending on on how well the, the fundraiser goes. Uh, just to like make their Christmases happen. Um, so I'm looking right now into uh, different charities that we can do that through. If anyone has a good one for the Boston area, preferably, uh, please feel free to email me, um, leaving a legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com. Um, if you could send me an email there or shoot me a DM on Twitter or Facebook, whatever, if you know of a cool, reputable uh, charity, that'd be awesome. But we're going to be doing um, a few things. We'll be obviously doing – we have lots of playmats, uh, ones that have been donated. We have LAL playmats. So just uh, keep your eye on the Facebook page for more details, and we'll be going through that uh, week by week. Um, but I'm looking really really looking forward to that. And, of course, this is a uh, this is our first uh, uh, kind of cross-promotion with our with our our friends the the other legacy podcast that's that's from the Boston area yeah uh also are we doing we doing a debate is that scheduled pat yeah Boxing so, uh, debate? so we're, we're doing a debate so anyway of course we're talking about the dead format our friends ian and tom uh other boston natives who are also doing a, a legacy podcast have been doing a great job um yeah they had a recently a, a reserve list episode and uh <laughs> completely whole, fabricated was, fake news well well they they went they went and uh they both had the same opinion so it was kind of like the two of them just agreeing with each other for an hour, um, and then they said, "Oh, if anyone wants to, you know, kind of give us the uh, the right right an antithesis to our thesis here, uh, feel free." And uh, of course, I, I jokingly volunteered, and then someone on Twitter said that Jerry and I should do, should do the episode. Uh, so uh, so they invited us on. I think we're going to be recording next week, uh, which will be really fun. Um, so if anyone has really good uh, conspiracy theories as to why the reserve list should be repealed, uh, send them our way. Great. I'm I, glad my. Dad- debate partner is is soliciting uh, conspiracy theories for the ground for the foundation well, we all, of our argument that's the most that's the most that's the way to make the most impact with the public um <clears throat> but no well, of course we have uh uh booze cube scott uh has done a couple articles on on he's an actual uh an actual lawyer talking about some of the legal challenges that would be there uh and also i'm going to talk to a few of my uh friends who are in the uh 
uh, the financial sector, uh, the economic sector, and see sort of you know do <laughs> like uh, do a few boiled down because econ- because magic is an economy, of course. The secondary market is an economy, so that'll be pretty interesting to talk about. And then also, of course, you are all uh, big fans of my uh, large <laughs> bingo, <laughs> bingo our large bingo uh, bingo. You know the bingo turner with uh, <laughs> filled fill with. Uh, Ping pong balls and numbers on them. So, uh, so I'm going to pitch that idea to them as well. It should be a really good time. Uh, I'm looking, I'm I'm looking forward good to about it. This debate. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it quite immensely. Uh, See, I hope that when the moderator this... says, "All right," and would you, you have 30 seconds to rebut Patrick, and I'd say, "So, have you ever seen like a ping pong ball with a number on it? You imagine a bunch of those <laughs> directly related to each card on the reserve list." Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to pitch that, of course. Um, but it should be a really fun episode. Uh, Tom and Ian are some of our oldest, some of my oldest Magic friends in the area, so uh, I'm excited to talk to them. And uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun time. See, this is why I pitched the uh, the episode should be one round of debate followed by one round of uh, fisticuffs because that way at least you can carry your weight, Pat. <laughs> I mean, you're bringing in a ringer, Jerry. If we're going to go into a full on fight, like there's no way that I lose to either Tom. I love Tom and Ian. Yeah, I know. No well, you're definitely not winning a debate, so that's why I'm going for the fight. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I feel like you're underestimating my intelligence. We'll see what happens. You literally just solicited conspiracy theories. Well, I'm saying make it it interesting, right? All right, let's see how this goes. The idea is to spam them, spam them with so much stuff that they can't counter. That is a legit. That is an actual strategy in debate. You it's just a stra- it's a strategy in boxing as well, Jerry. <laughs> it's amazing how similar they are. <laughs> no, but really, you just you give so many points to your opponent that they can't counterpoint in the yeah. restricted amount of time they yeah. have to respond. Yeah, it's. Uh, I you know what? There's too many parallels to recent events to even bring that up. So we're just going to move <laughs> on. Um, so uh, waiting in the wings for us so patiently, uh, our friend Wilson from Cardboard Live is on the cast today. Wilson, what is going on, man? How you doing? Hello, everybody. It is wonderful <laughs> to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. Oh, I forgot Wilson was here. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you on, man. It's great, great to have you here with us. Um, so Jerry and I have been talking a lot about the uh, the LAL Open that's going to be coming up, and we're going to talk about that later in the episode. But first, I kind of wanted to get um, sort of uh, a status update on Cardboard Live. It's the project you've been working on. Uh, it's something that we partnered with you guys uh, for the first LAL Open, which was really a really big success. And I kind of want to know uh, where you're at with that. Oh boy, well thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to discuss. So we have completed our first Magic the Gathering Twitch extension. It's publicly available now. We did a user interface update, so it looks snazzy and awesome. Uh, essentially, you can use this interactive Twitch extension for streaming Magic Online or Arena. And if you do that, you can show your deck list and a bio about yourself, which includes a picture mm and any stats you want to include, and it's something your viewers can interact with on the screen at will. So it's a, it's a cool Twitch extension. But more exciting than that is the extension for Paper Magic, which we have also completed. That allows you to look at deck lists, player profiles, a metagame analysis pie chart, and live standings updates for the event that you're watching. This requires the uh, streamer or tournament organizer to input some information or collect deck lists digitally, but if they do that, we think it creates a new and dynamic viewing experience because we began working on this because we think that watching physical magic isn't always the most exciting thing compared to esports, and we're trying to make that better. This is my shocked face. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. I think uh, one one of the things I think that they've that uh, wizards and other like our larger events have done a have started to make headway on are is like digital uh, deck list registration, right? It's, it seems like silly f- at the you know the player meeting to have to hand in a paper deck list at every event. Uh, so I think that's great. It's a great way to advance the game. And um, I'm excited to see things like the meta analysis and, and, and live standings. And also, I know on the last, uh, when we did the first open, being able to pop open someone's deck list for me was really, really cool because uh, you can mouse over cards and see what the cards are. Uh, especially for someone who might not be as as uh, well versed in the meg- in the legacy metagame, or even like if you're watching modern or standard or draft. Hell yeah, I, you can, I, like, well, I would love it for standards. Yeah, I know what these cards yeah, do. I, exactly. I you can, st- you can like, stream. oh, they they have a card. Oh, I don't know what that card does. I can instead of like having to open like Scryfall or Gatherer or whatever an app on your phone, you can do it right like while you're watching on Twitch. Just mouse over the card and get and see what it does. I think that's really really neat. I think that's a cool innovation of the game. Yeah, and if I can hype the next thing uh, that we're going to have ready at some yeah, point please. soon. It, it's the image recognition 
for cards on the screen where you can actually hover over any item that you see. Uh, right now it'll be magic cards, specifically for the game magic, but and you can actually hover over them, read what they do, because like you're saying, a big issue sometimes is a, a blurry image, you don't know what the card does. Um, and then really the question is, well, why are we doing all this? What's, what's the point of the business? And the point is that we would like content creators to be able to better monetize. Mm -hmm. So we want to tie all of these things into the ability for a viewer to purchase items they see. And the streamer or tournament organizer or store running the event could actually get a commission or be selling their own products through the live stream of their event. Um, I do have to hype too and say that there's some fun bits related things that we're trying to integrate with this. Uh, like some, some chat interactions with emotes and various things in parts of the extension, so deck lists and whatnot. But but yeah, we're generally we're trying to make it a, a more interactive experience uh, where you can really see and understand everything that's happening and also allow content creators to better monetize. Yeah, that's awesome. It's and it's great for like you said, like you said, for content creators. Uh and that is a that is a grind, man. Trying to get that to get that working for you is not easy. So that's really cool that that's a good tool for them. The number of times I've been watching a stream on Magic Online and I have it full screen and I'm and I like they're playing and then I just like instinctively move my mouse and hover over a card to get the full screen that I would get if I was playing Magic <laughs> Online myself and then I'm like oh wait it doesn't work like this. <laughs> Wilson's making making that a, a distant memory for me so I appreciate that Wilson. Yeah, so silly. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. And you were and you were at uh, at TwitchCon recently too, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? I saw, I got like you know inv invitations in my email because uh, we had the legacy the leaving legacy page, but I obviously didn't have any intention of going. Can you tell us what TwitchCon was like for you? Absolutely. So I went early because they had a developer day for people building stuff on the Twitch platform. Um, my goal for going was to figure out how we can do some things that people have not really done yet, which is actually selling products through the live stream and paying commissions, and that's something that. We're just trying to start a dialogue and, and, and see how we can make that happen for the streamers. Um, but I will say, you know, I stayed after that. I stayed for day one of TwitchCon itself, and it was awesome. It was a really cool experience. I'm not really a convention-type person unless I'm, I'm playing card games all day. Mm -hmm. um, it, some of it was overwhelming because I, it's, it's hard for me to sit down and play a video game for five minutes and get something out of that because I'm not a huge gamer, and I think that was sort of a, a big point of this is that people go around, they might play a game for 10 to 15 minutes, uh, tr you know, get a feel out of it, try it out and then go play something else or go get some swag. And mm -hmm. it was cool. It's just not something that I think I normally do. Um, mm -hmm. But it was really interesting. I will say I've gotten really into pinball in the last year. <laughs> and uh, there, there was a, a, a pinball area. I mean, there was an area for basically every game that you could ever find streamed on Twitch. And there was a pinball streamer who I actually really like. And it was cool to Those be able to, to meet there him. There are pinball streamers? Yeah, so this might actually surprise you, but uh, there's one pinball streamer who gets... I've seen 5,000-plus concurrent viewers on his wow. streams. But he's the only one that gets that many. So the others are, you know, they get like five to ten viewers. I time. guess watching something playing pinball would be very, like, cathargic. Like, <laughs> like watching the motions of the ball. Well, it definitely requires it's, – it's, it's just sort of like one of these other physical games where there's a, a, a larger burden on the streamer to make it a, a good experience. Mm -hmm. Right. B but, you know, pinball is actually seeing a resurgence. There's uh, a lot of new um, businesses creating pinball machines. There's, a, there's some, like, startups for it, sort of like indie pinball creators. It's now easier than ever to sort of design your own pinball machine and figure out how to – create that and produce it so there's yeah there's a few cool ones that have come out recently actually i remember wow. listening to a podcast not that long ago and like the art of creating of making a pinball machine actually manufacturing them was kind of like a lost art for a while and a lot of people weren't making pinball machines anymore anymore so that's really neat to see that there's like this resurgence it's like the uh like the, the uh, home brewery kind of resurgence that we saw where everyone was really into craft brews people are into like these kind of niche uh, uh entertainment style things See, I love I love the tail end of the golden years of pinballs, like the late 80s when pinball machines started losing popularity and pinball machine companies were like, fuck it, bootleg whatever the hell we have to to sell these machines. And there were just like so many just like completely rip off pinball machines. It's it's great. Actually, that brings us into something. I'm, I mean, oh, maybe this isn't the time for this debate, but uh, copyright laws, like but being able to copy. <laughs> you can't just do that. So I was just, hey, you guys want to talk about pinballs? Actually, doing, I'd like well, to talk well, about you, copyright well, you law. Were talking about, you were talking about like uh, you were talking about um, about uh, bootlegging stuff, and it's yeah. interesting. Like up until uh, not that long ago, 
I think the lifespan for a copyrighted like image was like 55 or 58 years or something like that. And after that, it became public domain. But Disney and a bunch of other animators, like uh, in the 90s, I guess, uh, yeah, had this it back to 75. Yeah, but like, yeah, I've added a few decades onto it. And I assume we'll be doing the same thing uh, when that comes up. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> I, I'm curious as to, well, we're not going to get into it today, but maybe you know, this is you a know good discussion we can have on the uh, on the stream. We'll talk about uh, <laughs> how we feel about uh, intellectual property rights and, and, and the I public mean, domain. The, the rule of thumb is the amount of time it takes to get public domain is how old is Mickey Mouse? <laughs> because that's, that's exactly it's, what it is. It's yeah. one more than that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Touche. All right. Well, we do have an actual topic for tonight. Um, it's, of course, the uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the uh, the LLL Open that's going to be coming up November 17th. Um, yeah. Let's talk some meta. Yeah. It's going to be really exciting. Um, so the we haven't had a ton of huge events in the Legacy uh, in the legacy format lately. Uh, but of yeah. course there are challenges going on and, and like the source is always really good about doing their breakdown. So I kind of wanted to hear your uh, guys thoughts on sort of where you think the meta is and, and, uh, what decks you think might be well positioned in a format like this. Yeah, we are in the slow season, so not very many data points to go off of. Um, so I think it just kind of tends to fall to general tendencies that we've been noticing. And then uh, really this is when local metas start taking over you see at events yeah. where you can see some really crazy decks pop up. So we know we'll see Moon Stompy. There'll be at least one Moon Stompy player. <laughs> yeah. So Zach Targon, uh, who actually Zach just top aided uh, the last GP. He did. Yeah. Uh, so congr- I, I wanted to mention that. Congratulations to Zach, man. That kid, that kid is a monster. huh? He can like he can play anything. Hell yeah. So uh, Zach's coming to the event. He just top eight of the GP. Very good player. I, he's going to be on Moon Stompy. And I feel like there are the people who just really love that deck. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a couple Moon Stompies. Um, I don't think that's going to be the most popular deck by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to call most popular deck by numbers probably, uh, uh, you know, Grixis Control. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? That's a pretty, I think it's a pretty like uh, safe bet. Yeah. What about you, Wilson? Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Um, Grixis Control, even though it's popular both online and in paper, has also, ever since the Deathrite Shaman banning, been one of the most popular decks in paper. Um, yeah, I think that's a safe guess. <laughs> awesome. Hence why we're in the slow season. <laughs> I will say, so something that I could add to the discussion is I think that the biggest shift currently in the legacy metagame is the resurgence of miracles. Mm. Mm -hmm. So people have been trying to make miracles work for a while. And I think that it has been pretty bad in several of the uh, seasons of trying to make it work. But now I think is the first time in a while where it seems to be one of the best decks, if not the best deck to play in the format and some nice tech accumulated knowledge has been catching on as actually being sort of a mainstream part of the deck to get card advantage. Yeah, that was going to be my question, is uh, if you thought that AK was what kind of sent that deck over the top. Yeah, I I think it did. And also just the way that the meta shaped out post-death right uh, is also very good. So I think that people are starting to build the deck better. Uh, You have this back-to-basics plan. It's uh, People are playing at least one main deck now. I I had some success playing two main. um, And then efficiently drawing cards with accumulated knowledge. And the cool thing about that card is you can be proactive with it. So you mm-hmm. don't have to do the song and dance of setting things up for a predict here and there and then running out of cards and then drawing a predict and being in this awkward spot where you sort of have to cycle it. Uh, you get, you know, if you, if you're playing the game well and trading resources, your late game accumulated knowledges can really turbo and jolt you into some serious advantage, no matter how well you're set up, even if you're at parity with your opponent in a top deck situation. So uh-huh. I, yeah, especially when you start Snapcaster maging accumulated knowledge, like that's when you know you're winning. Oh yeah, it's insane. So yeah, but- I think Plow also uh, is also pretty good because people decided to pick up this Death Shadow deck around the time of the Team Pro Tour, and the Death Shadow deck is so bad against a Swords to Plowshares control deck, but there weren't there was there wasn't really one doing well at the time where the deck popped up. So. Mm. Um, now Miracles is also preying on that deck as well, which is fairly heavily represented in the format. Yeah, so something that's interesting, um, <clears throat> kind of a couple points I want to touch on. Uh, obviously, the, like AK has been very good for Miracles, but I do think that the main deck back to basics has been a real boon for that deck, especially because 
mana bases are more fragile now than ever because we still see decks like Blue Black Shadow uh, and and Grixis for sure stretching their mana bases to be pretty greedy, uh, and they don't have Deathrite Shaman to fall back on when they do get back to basics or they do get Blood Moon. So yeah, I think that that's a, certainly been a boon for a deck like that. Um, which I so I think that. Conversely, like decks that might ha- have a, the opportunity to, be, to to make a good run at a tournament like this would be ones that have a pretty resilient mana base, um, and I think we'll we'd see we'll see that uh, a little further in the uh, into the uh, <clears throat> excuse me into the, uh, the the top you know six lists that uh, the source has out there. But uh, Jerry, what were kind of your thoughts on on sort of where Miracles are positioned right now? Yeah, I also agree. I mean, if uh, if Grixis Control is not the most popular, I would say Miracles would be the next. Um, also, keeping in mind just popularity-wise, is a lot of players just still have their cards. Mm-hmm. You know, most Miracles players didn't sell their Tundras and Force of Wills and then pick up Maverick all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were playing around with other decks. You know, uh, maybe they were trying out Stoneblade. Um, and now that AK is kind of proven to be the real deal, people are starting to come back to the deck. And especially when it's something like adding Accumulated Knowledges, that's not a very difficult card to come again. In fact, it was uh, it was just reprinted in the Commander deck. Okay. I wasn't sure. I didn't know that. Wasn't it our preview card pack? No, it was predict. <laughs> oh yeah, oops, that was my fault. <laughs> Don't edit that. Knowledge Come on, was Jerry. in the commander deck though. Do oh, was not it? edit that out. Yeah, we're never getting another preview card. No, no, wait, maybe they're not. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, uh, just the fact that all you need to do is pick up uh, some uh, accumulated knowledges. Uh, and all of a sudden your deck is competitive again, that is a very low barrier of entry for former Miracles players. Mm-hmm. I also think there's a player psychology element where, sure, I know a lot of people listening are going to say, oh, I hate blue-white control, I hate playing against control decks, but there's a ton of people out there who are just obsessed play- with playing those decks. Yeah, they're, they're the blue-white control till the end of their life, every format, that's the only way that they enjoy playing this game is by mm-hmm. playing a, a control deck like that. And the fact that it is now very good uh, means that a lot of those people, they were even trying to play it before, but it, it, a lot of people are going to play it. It's not like some random obscure combo deck that is all of a sudden tier one and very good, uh, or you know, a deck that has Tabernacle in it. There's not like a reason why the numbers will be kept down, which is why I think that it will vault straight up to, to number one or number two and most represented. Yeah. Um, so... Giving that in mind, two most popular decks, both control decks, um, you know, different flavors of control, Grixis compared to blue-white. Um, if you're trying to tier zero them, what are you bringing to the tournament to kind of next level your your most common opponents? I think that some of the uh, Stompy decks are decent. It's hard because Grixis control and Miracles attack so, somewhat differently. But I like Eldrazi with Walking Ballista. I think it is much better against Grixis Control than people used to think, maybe think that it is because of nostalgia. Um, Strix used to be really, really good against Eldrazi. It still is very good against it, but I think running a bunch of Ballistas in Eldrazi actually skews the matchup, uh, flips it back quite a bit. So I like Eldrazi. Ballista also really helps uh, in the Grace of Controls running uh, Pyromancer, just being able to pick off Pyromancers, which tend to, you know, just shit out a bunch of blockers for your Eldrazi is very useful as well. Yep, for sure. Um, Yeah, I I think that uh, saying that, it, you know, Strix right now is at a high point, a high watermark, I think, uh, in recent memory. So I think, yeah, absolutely, that's part of it. Uh, Ballista being able to shoot those down is a huge boon for that deck. Um, One thing I think where... Uh, Grixis does have a leg up on Eldrazi, uh, especially the like the Eldrazi aggro that we see occasionally are just the wastelands. Uh, wastelands are a real, a real um, difficult, uh, difficult uh, kind of hurdle for that deck to get over. Um, but I do like again, I do like Walking Ballista. I think that deck, that card uh, in itself has sort of uh, elevated that deck. Um, we said it before in the cast, but it, it is a mana sink. It is a removal spell. It's like it's like that. Like, it's like the spot that Jit took up, where like you, if you had a Jit uh, and you didn't have any creatures, it felt pretty bad, and that happened uh, more often than you'd like it to. So, um, I think Ballista in that spot has been really, really nice for the deck. For sure. Uh, what about you, Pat? Any, what are you going to sleeve up if you could uh, bring anything? Well, we all know what I, I mean. Here. So, <laughs> I have I have bought Blue Black Shadow because I think the deck looks fun, um, but I don't know if I'm ever going to really play it in Legacy. Uh, my my uh, my underground seas are probably going to end up being. Uh, 
underground seas for a Grixis control deck. But like, let's be honest. Like, if I'm if I'm playing in this event, I'm playing blue red Delver, uh, and I'm probably <laughs> just changing out. I'm probably just changing out my uh, Gitaxian probes, my nice, my sweet Japanese Gitaxian probes for like some English uh, preordains. Sadly, maybe maybe a one of surgical for fun. Pat, I feel you like like jump on the most popular deck bandwagon and then by the time you pull them together it's like it's it's been hated out of the meta and yeah, you're like oh well, now it, i have this deck that everyone's hating on and it's not very good anymore it's happened occasionally <laughs> like i i did i did build eldrazi aggro and played in a couple of big tournaments and then i built sneak and show and never played in a tournament and then i built i built blue black shadow i mean it's fine like it's i'm just shuffling around reserve list cards i'm just basically i'm basically tithing to all my favorite uh uh mdg finance yeah, people basically <laughs> basically like giving giving a percentage of my earnings to uh to jeremy and to liz and just kind of like said like i've literally sent back and forth the same city of traders multiple times and it's fine it's just it's the tax i pay to feel like i'm actually Actually, like engaging in the game, I'm okay with it. <laughs> uh, I could also just let you borrow all of these cards if you want. But like borrowing the card is not nearly as satisfying as I buying know. the card. You know no, that? Jerry. I know. I, I you know. 100% agree with that. You know, you could. I mean, you could like you could quarter the amount of money you have invested in your magic collection if you just defoiled your decks. But like, <laughs> don't don't talk that heresy. <laughs> Take that back. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I said something like that in this podcast, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So now that we mentioned it, Blue Black Shadow is another one of the decks that uh, they say that they say is kind of one of the like of the top meta decks right now. I don't know how true that is currently. I don't think I, I love the way that Shadow – like like matching it up to a, a Snap Plow deck seems pretty bad. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that you really want there, and I feel like – uh, Death Shadow versus something like Eldrazi seems really bad because getting your getting your Shocklands Wastelanded seems awful, and it's running a pretty tight land count. Um, but I don't know. What do you think, Jerry? Yeah, I feel with Shadow that it's probably if we had another major event, we would have the data point to show it's mm. fallen out of favor. Yeah. I have not seen it in paper in a while at local events, and I haven't run on into it online at all yeah. in the in the matches I've been playing. But I have been playing against a lot of Grixis Control and Miracles. I, I think that one of the reasons why that was able to rise uh, rise to the top at the at the Pro Tour is because, and we mentioned this, so few pros chose Miracles as their deck because it was kind of underperforming. Mm-hmm. They sort of had didn't really figure out exactly AK what that deck. really caught on exactly yeah. yeah yeah then and shout out to lawrence again for kind of innovating that 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 uh that card there for i think the it deck. was i think oh it was it lawrence or honorog or a combination i, th- I think lawrence was the one who actually kind of wrote the initial primer on having ak in the deck and he, people were, were sort of like writing it off for a while and then it seemed to catch on um, I'm I'm pretty sure it's Lawrence. If it's not Lawrence, feel free to message me and we'll we'll add an addendum uh, to the might, cast. It might have been Lawrence. I think Anurag. I think was the first to really put it on the map. Yes, he won back to back to back, or he won one and then top aided another back to back challenge with it. Yeah, that sounds. It about was right. mostly Lawrence. Don't give Anurag any credit. <laughs> <laughs> Heard sweet. it here first, folks. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> Suck at Anurag. Um, all right, so. So yeah, so I, so uh, oh. yeah, blue black shadow. I th- so anyway, what I was saying was like I, I think that blue black is probably only it, so few pros played miracles at that pro tour. I think it gave room for blue black shadow to sort of rise to the top because Grixis was still. I feel like the the Grixis matchup is probably okay, but the miracle matchup is probably less than stellar. Hmm. So if I was going to sleeve up a deck, if I was playing in our event which while i love casting for our event i do really wish i was playing in our event i know that's like that's the that's the kind of drawback of doing it yeah (laughs) um but i would i I would be sleeving up aggro loam i think aggro loam is a a really good choice of decks right now and it's uh favored against grixis control it's it's i would say it's like 55 45 against miracles it's it's slightly favored against miracles but it's Mm. not very clear-cut but against grixis control it's pretty clear-cut that um, you know, you're the better control deck. You just go bigger than them. You have more, you more recursion. Um, so I, I really feel aggro loam would be a good choice for this event. If you want to next level, the most popular decks in the room. Hmm. I find that pretty surprising. I wouldn't think that aggro loam would be a good deck to have for this, for this event. Yeah. Well, I mean, with all your stuff, uh, like your knights get bigger, um, than their, uh, Gurmag anglers, you have the punishing fire package, uh, to Man, clear away I, the strictures. I, I still don't feel like, well, I, I guess I can see that the punishing fire package overall seems so inefficient to me. I can't believe that people still rely on that. 
It just <laughs> you it, need to get behind some punishing. I fires guess. You, I guess so, man. But I've never been like I've never seen punishing fire go go around and and been really really impressed with. It. I just feel like there's better things you'd be doing than playing playing that. You gotta, you, you gotta check it out, man. Um, I don't know. Bob 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 agreed with me. He said, you know, he was pretty confident. Briggs is very favorable. Mm-hmm. Miracles, you know, not so much, but it's still in our favor a bit. Um, no, I just I feel Agro Loam is really well positioned right now mm-hmm. because not only is it um, favored against the most popular decks in the room, it still holds its own against pretty much everything. Yeah, um, you know, it has game uh, even against some of the decks that you wouldn't really expect, like uh, Storm. It's like, oh, you're a uh, <laughs> you're a uh, Naya uh, deck. How on earth are you going to beat Storm? But I mean, Gaddic Teague does a lot to shut them down. You got the Chalice of the Voids. Um, you can get the cheesy turn one chalice on one play pretty consistently. It's it, the deck just can square up against anything in the room and yeah. not uh, be embarrassed. Yeah. But it is a very difficult deck to play. I will say that. I, I think that is a big reason why we don't see more results with it. Hmm. You said our deck, Jerry. Does that mean you've joined the Agrolome Cabal? Oh yeah, I played Agrolome uh, back in the day too. Before I played Sneak and Show, I played Agrolome for a while. Um, won some events with it. Yeah, I always liked Agrolom. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a fun deck. It's it's very uh, it's very complicated. Like I have lost games on the wrong fetch on turn one. <laughs> uh, I have I have lost games because I got my opening seven and I said keep, and then I realized the scrub land in my hand was a Savannah, and it completely screwed up my entire game plan. Um, the deck is very punishing, but it is very rewarding when you do play it right and it can just dig itself out of any hole. Mm. Um, you know, you can be staring down like a Jason Liliana and two Gurmags be like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> like no, no permanence in play. <laughs> yeah. I had some experience playing Jund Agro Loam back in around, back around, uh, 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. It had countryside crusher seismic oh, yeah. assault. Uh, you could some variants even burning wish for devastating dreams, which was pretty cool. Um, I think that I had like a worm harvest somewhere in there for like a late game win con, which was pretty neat. It was a fun deck. Um, but I will, I wanted to clarify too. I didn't realize your question is what deck would you take to this event? So I want to clarify oh, that okay. I don't think that I would take Eldrazi. I think I'd play Eldrazi if I was trying to level the meta, but I think mm-hmm. I would definitely play miracles if I played in this event personally. Okay. So I don't think people have caught up to it yet. Yeah, I I th- I, I can't imagine that a player with your skill level would want to play something like Eldrazi. They kind of like the lines are sort of already written out for that. I imagine like you'd want to. Well, I, I appreciate that, Pat, but I, I've got I've got to give some credit to our Eldrazi friends. Um, I th- I think it's pretty good. Like I'm not I wouldn't be too proud to play Eldrazi if I thought it was like super awesome. I mm. think Kai Buddha or Bud. Never even knew how to pronounce his name. Do you know Jerry? It's Buddha. Uh, Buddha. <laughs> it is. It's Buddha. Okay. Buddha, he Buddha he played Buddha. El he played Eldrazi at the Pro Tour, mm-hmm. and he is thought of as one of the two best players of all time. I guess mm-hmm. the second best player of all time next to John Finkel by many. Um, so you know, I mean, that's different event. Of course, it's team. You're playing against a lot of good players. But I think that there could – but you're right. I mean, you have less control over your decisions. Mm-hmm. If you're playing at a smaller event and think you cannot play your opponent, there is there is a draw to playing a deck that has lots of decisions and wants to go long. Um, but, yeah, so that's sort of my perspective on it. I, I think I, there are metas where I think I'd play Eldrazi. But right now I think that Miracles is very well-positioned, and it's sort of early in the curve of being well-positioned because mm-hmm. I can just tell that people haven't caught up to it yet with, with their deck choices. People yeah. don't – seem to be making the proper adjustments to beat the new AK Miracles. Mm, interesting. So how would you be beating AK Miracles? What's the best way to attack it? Oh, man, that's that's a pretty tough question, I think. So, because I've just been sort of in the tank of, of playing, of wanting to play mm. AK Miracles. <laughs> um, I think that you don't want to grind so that's what it does really well is it out grinds people that try to do similar things Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i think it definitely beats grixis control if you're building your deck well and doing a good job um and it beats a lot of these slower delver decks and that's sort of the issue now is that there isn't like a hyper fast delver deck that can get underneath the delver decks are a little bit slow and that's why we haven't seen them do that well blue black shadow for example is a Delver deck that is, in theory, sort of slow, particularly when you're facing Swords to Plowshares. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I'll go back to what I said originally, where I would probably play some sort of lock piece deck like Eldrazi Aggro mm-hmm. if I wanted to try to beat Miracles. Um, even though I think it's problematic that they have back to basics now, you you still are playing a lot of cards that they didn't really come to want to sit across from. So they have they don't want to be seeing a chalice on turn one followed by a pretty fast and sometimes disruptive clock. So yeah, I, I think I like Eldrazi. Could I interest you in a Delver deck that has a very fast clock? <laughs> I was just thinking it <laughs> has a lot of re- has a lot of redundancy in its creature package and doesn't care about back to basics. Is this uh, your yeah, probeless blue red Delver? The way he says that, and our our listeners don't hear this, but he like twirled his mustache like like Dudley Dudright's evil sinister villain. <laughs> hey, well, no, let me give you some credit. So I think that casting burn spells against miracles is actually pretty good mm-hmm. because I don't. I think that the best miracles decks are cutting counterbalances. I don't even. I don't think you need it, and I don't think you should be running it anymore. And because of that. You're you're weak to your opponent trying to burn you out, so I do think the blue red delver is probably a, a reasonable strategy to to try to beat miracles. The problem is you do have a large number of creatures to get plowed, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's not like it was in countertop era. I think it's it's definitely one of the more effective ways of, of attacking the deck. Yeah, I think I think that deck right now. I mean, I haven't <clears throat> excuse me, I haven't played in in a little bit. But I think if if I was just going to do anything right now, it would probably be to cut the Storm Chaser Mages and do like some number of young Pyromancers and then like a one or two of um, uh, True Day Nemesis, just like the top end of their creature package, and maybe cut a Bedlam Reveler because the deck is not as fast <clears throat> as it was and it needs threats that are a little bit more resilient to a single Swords to Plow Shards. And I think those would be my solutions for that. Um, but I, I don't know. I, again, I haven't played a ton of Legacy lately. Uh, so I'm just sort of theory crafting here and I'm not very good at that. But. Um, I, I, I do like where I, I've always liked the mana base of Blue Red Delver because it's just, it's running a pretty narrow mana base, but it's also very resilient to Wasteland. It doesn't really care about back to basics or Blood Moon, um, because you have access to usually three or four basics in the deck. So, I mean, I, and it's also like near and dear to my heart. So I'm always going to, I'm always going to say it's a good, uh, like a fairly well positioned deck, but, um, <clears throat> but, uh, well, speaking of kind of other decks that are, that, that are, uh, near and dear to castmate's heart uh jerry death and taxes is another deck that could be a real <laughs> player in the game troll. it was a <laughs> De- yeah death and taxes is it seems like it might be a deck that has uh some legs here because it uh as i mentioned earlier it does have a pretty resilient mana base um it is able to tax other decks uh with thalia's with rashad imports and with their own wastelands jerry do you think that death and taxes is a deck that is worth bringing to an event like this um yeah, I mean, I always expect to see some number of death and taxes just because it's almost like the best de facto budget deck, though its price has gone up. Um, we saw a massive resurgence in the deck uh, with Eternal Masters being printed, and I just think those numbers are going to stick around for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, you know, I... I I don't want to be running Death and Taxes right now as long as Grizz's Control is the most popular deck just because of Kolagon's Command. Like, Kolagon's Command is just such a... Is that is that as popular? Is that that popular right now? I know, like, Grixis will play, like, a two, like a two of Kolagon's Command, but do you think you will see that much? Yeah, I mean, just the fact that Grixis Control, um, you know, it it matches up fairly well against death and taxes. And then the Kolagon's commands and the ability to snap caster back those Kolagon's commands just really sets them over in that matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kolagon's command is just that like two for one that death and taxes can't, can't recover from. Yeah. It, it is worth noting that it is going to cost them four mana. Uh, and they're not going to have death right shaman to, to be able to power that out. Yeah. But I mean, unless death and taxes gets an insane and by, start by four, like, I mean three. I apologize, yeah. uh, but it's well, four, no. It's I mean, it costs four with Thalia. Yeah. yeah, four with Thalia, four with the port. I, I thought you were making a great point, Pat. Well, but well, I mean, <laughs> just I, accidentally no, making that's, a great that's point. What I, no, that's what I meant to say. That's what I, I meant to have that caveat in my head because I see that it costs three mana, but I know it's going to cost them four. Uh, so it's right. going to be a little later in the game. But you're right; that is a pretty brutal two for one when they're able to to bust your vial and kill your your mom or kill your Thalia. Yeah. Man, kill your mom! Damn, man. <laughs> yeah, that. Dark. I think that matchup is atrocious for Death and Taxes. Mm. So, like the current Grixis control lists are usually running stock three Colaguns commands, mm-hmm. and then have three Snapcaster mages. Mm-hmm. And there's an issue. 
one issue is that you can play this instant speed removal game in places where otherwise port would be very annoying uh, with Snapcaster Mage and, and all of that. And I think that it's, yeah, I think that it's just going to match it. Now, I will say that the majority of people playing Grixis often play more clunkers than I would play in a deck. Mm -hmm. So if you're facing down infinite Jaces and him to Turox, sometimes that makes Death and Taxes a little bit better mm -hmm. against it. But in general, I think it's bad. And then the other thing is Miracles. The new Miracles, particularly with, with Accumulated Knowledge, is even better against Death and Taxes than it probably has ever been because they don't really have to set anything up. So you can just you can sort of trade on resources and uh, just draw a bunch of cards. And then eventually, if you get to your Mentor plan, which I think Mentor is better than Entreat plan, Mentor is very good against against death and taxes you just have to set it up in a way so that the plow that's routing in their hand isn't just going to immediately um spew the value that you've set up mm -hmm. so but i think the death attacks is a great deck um i think that we're in a format where you shouldn't over analyze how these decks are positioned against each other necessarily mm -hmm. and you should probably play something that you feel comfortable with mm -hmm. because the power level of these decks is pretty similar between grixis control miracles and death and taxes i think are all three great tier one choices and i think even blue black shadow when you look at it on paper it's i don't think it's very good against any of those three decks but it's very efficient mm -hmm. and it punishes people for stumbling a little bit and it's very good against any random thing that people might play right. so i think it's still going to be a very well positioned deck in the format yeah it's cer so it certainly I, can win games for sure yeah um and that brings us to kind of our the last deck that i i sort of wanted to outline again this is just coming from like the top six decks uh, the source has picked out, uh, is Ad Nauseam Tendrils. And, of course, our friend Bryant will be playing uh, He'll be playing TES. Uh, he won't be playing any Dirty Dirty Ant uh, lists. Will he? Do we know that he'll be playing Tess? I mean, he, 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 he be has on to, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's been playing Miracles online. Did you guys know oh, that? Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't realize he was yeah. such a traitor to his people. <laughs> he runs he runs mgg the epic storm. I mean, like, he's kind of painted himself into a corner, much the same way that I painted myself into the blue-red corner. Um, but yeah, so, so Ad Nauseam Tendrils, another deck that sort of operates on a different axis from, uh, some of the, obviously the control decks we see here. Um, and it's going to be the, fa I think the fastest of all these decks, Jerry, like, what do you, how do you feel about Ad Nauseam Tendrils? Ad I, I honestly, I think Tess would still probably be the better choice. I'm not the biggest fan of Ad Nauseam Tendrils. Mm -hmm. Um, I know, uh, lots of ad nauseum tendrils players are kind of down on the deck. Um, I don't think we're going to see it as as large numbers as we've seen in previous events. Do you think? Do you think the key there is actually just tes over ant? I don't think tes is going to be very popular either. Mm. Um, I've I've been seeing less of it online. Um, I think a lot of the, I mean, there are always going to be players. Like if you are a test player, you're an ant player. I mean, that's just what you do. Like you have that deck and you're going to show up for the end of time. I mean, if I see if Bryant shows up with a different deck than storm, I'm going to be shocked because it's like when hell freezes over. <laughs> um, so I, I can, I can imagine, you know, them playing other decks for other small events or like magic online, uh, leagues, but they're, they, you just have those diehard Storm fans who are going to play no matter what. Um, so I think we're going to see some of it. I just don't think it's going to perform as well as it has in previous events. Yeah, I generally agree with you. I think Ant is at an all-time low for me. I don't think it's very good right now. And I, I think that some of the Ant streamers out there who are very good with the deck are not doing great with it, unfortunately. I love playing Ant, so it's sort of sad for me to say that. But I don't think it's that great. I do think Tess could be better position but i also think in in a similar way that tess isn't amazing i think bryant has been playing some miracles lately but my caveat to that is i think they they actually could be good decks for this specific event if that's what we're talking about so mm -hmm. leaving a legacy uh, open i expect a lot of passionate legacy players from the northeast who like to play all sorts of different things and play enough legacy where they don't want to bottleneck themselves on some stock tier one list because you know, they play enough legacy where that's just gets boring after a while. True. So in, in those metas where people sort of, they start to get brewy, they start to play what they want. They might start to play control decks that they like that have all the tools where they feel like they can sort of be anything. Sometimes storm comes in and is in very good in those events. So I'm thinking back to the last leaving legacy open 
where two test decks just totally dominated that event that, that we saw on yeah. camera over and over again with Brian and Anthony. Um, so even though the meta is totally different now, this is a different world we're living in. I think it's the same crowd that plays the game, and I think that it it will do Storm will do better than I think it looks like on paper probably at, at your event. Yeah, well, those are good solid points. I, I agree with that. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, this is, uh, you know, a regional event. We are going to see the same people that we see at all our regional events. And they're going to probably be playing more or less the same deck. I mean, I'm sure people listening at home, you know, you have those people in your LGS, you have those people at the event, you know, that you see every time, maybe you don't quite know them, but you know, um, you know, that they're always on one particular deck. So it's true. Yeah, totally. And, and not to downplay the event size at all because i mean I, I think you guys are expecting a lot of people but it's when you say regional it's really we're looking at like the northeast like some new yorkers uh massachusetts players and this is like a hotbed of legacy up there right yeah so for sure. so it'll definitely be a ton a, a lot of people but like you said uh concentrated in, in that region where a yeah. lot of people know each other Mostly, mostly familiar faces. Uh, I have been hearing reports we might have some people traveling from California for the event. Actually, oh snap! Yeah, so let's see if that plays out. Uh, but yeah, should be a good time. But yeah, I mean, when I say regional, that's that's exactly what I mean. Uh, known quantities, people where you know you might not know their name, but you look around the room and you're like, oh yeah, that that person looks familiar. I've seen him at events before. I've seen her at you know uh, top eighting another event and. You know, it's 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 things where you can kind of uh, really get a temperature of the room before you even sit down for match one. Totally. I thought it was worth clarifying because regional means so many different things, different people. Right. So re- <laughs> regional for you guys or people living in Seattle is is basically a small SCG almost. And uh, regional yeah. when I'm living in the hills of Tennessee, is, <laughs> you know, you do, you never know what that's going to be. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm uh, expecting. So it's unfortunate that there's another event going on close by. Um, it was just kind of unfortunate timing the way that worked out. Um, but you know, I'm hoping for, uh, you know, ideally we would get, we would hit the 175 to turn it into a 5k, but I'm expecting about 150. I think that's uh, a good number. Plus, I mean, we're giving away an LED. Uh, did you hear it, uh, Wilson? Tom Hep has put a bounty on last, uh, legacy open winner, Bryant cook. First person to defeat Brian in the Swiss. Or I mean, God forbid, top eight. If he goes undefeated into top eight, I'm gonna I'm gonna shake my head. Um, but yeah, Tom is putting a, a, a lion's eye diamond bounty on Brian's head. I'm so uh, now I'm sort of disappointed. I have to do the commentary because that just sounds like such an easy LED. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, come on. Uh, I mean, we're gonna have other giveaways too. So um, Tom Smiley, uh, Ian. Uh, McCune from the dead format are going to be booster bounties. So if you beat them in the Swiss, uh, you get booster packs or something sweet. Uh, and then also Zach Targon is also going to be a uh, booster bounty as well. That sounds awesome. I'm excited about that. Hell yeah. Going to be a good time. Where the fuck did Pat go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like he just sort of meandered away. <laughs> Got Wait, is this is this the part of the show where I permanently replace Pat on leaving a legacy? <laughs> I think so. I mean, he just he just got up and left. <laughs> oh, he's back. <laughs> All right. Uh, I literally just we just said it's like oh, if Pat doesn't come back, Wilson has to permanently replace Pat, and oh. then you step back into frame. <laughs> oh, so close, so close. <laughs> he's so disappointed, Wilson. <laughs> The thousands of Patreon dollars you start trickling. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yeah. I, I quit my job uh, months and months ago. <laughs> Just been rolling in Patreon. That's why Pat's I keep a, selling Pat's... cards back and forth to people. <laughs> Pat's a professional student now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, so for the open, we're we're having some uh, some kind of uh, added benefits from from partnering with you guys at Cardboard Live. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how we're going to register deck lists? Yes, yeah, so I think that we still need to confirm exactly how this is going to work with the shop. Um, but if if it's going to work like we want it to, you can register your deck list digitally on Cardboard.Live. Um, it just involves putting your deck list on there and submitting it to the Leading a Legacy event. And actually, if you're listening to this and are thinking of going, I encourage you to go on to Cardboard.Live 
and make an account and play around with it because it's something, it's a tool where you can create deck lists and store deck lists. And if more people start using this, <clears throat> like bigger events that you might be going to, then you can actually keep a database of your decks and submit your decks to various events that, that use Cardboard Live. So I think that's our hope is that um, we'll get as many digital deck list submissions as possible, which will help us do things like track the metagame for the viewers and uh, also be able to plug everybody in and track live standings for the viewers. So even though it's, it, it's hard to take that leap when people aren't used to digital, but Pro Tour is 100% digital. Um, GPs now are mostly digital. And if we can get you know, other stores and, and other tournaments to start doing digital, I think it's better for the judges uh, because we actually have a judge portal where they can see all your deck lists that they can pull it up on a mobile if they come up to your table and need to find an issue. And it's like, you know, like the whole point of Cardboard Live is it's better for coverage. So, so yeah, so hopefully, you know, I think Pat and uh, Jerry and I will talk about exactly how we're going to promote this digital deck list submission. Um, but right now, just go to cardboard.live and play around with it. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll, I'll make sure to put that uh, link in the show notes as well. You'll be able to get onto that uh, to, the, to their website. Hell yeah. Uh, what time's the event, Pat? Where is it? Where am I showing up? <laughs> All right. So I bringing coffee. You bring in coffee. Doors, <laughs> uh, I don't drink coffee. Uh, I'll be there. I'll be there at six. Uh, doors open. Uh, that's that's. I think I was there at six or seven last time. I'm, a, I'm an early riser, Jerry. Uh, doors open at 11. Player meetings at noon. Uh, it's obviously Saturday, the November 17th. Uh, it's $40 entry. Guaranteed 2K, but we're trying to get it up to a 5K. I think that number is uh, very achievable. I think it's 175 We'll be at a yep. 5K. Of course, it scales up to a 3.5K at some number. I don't know. I don't remember what it is, but guaranteed 2K. And uh, Jerry, do you have the trophy yet? Did they, did they send that to you yet? Uh, I am picking up the trophy in three days. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Can't yeah, wait to it's see gonna it. be sweet. Uh, yeah, so it should be awesome. Um, again, having having Wilson there is a just such a a great uh, boon for us uh, as casters and, and for the event itself. Uh, we have a lot of cool people coming in. Um, also, Bryant will be there, uh, and yeah, it should be a really good time. Um, excited for it. And uh, I don't know, was there anything else we missed, Jerry? Anything else we need to mention before we wrap it up here? Um, no, I think that's pretty much it. We got. Oh, I already talked about like the booster and all uh, booster bounties and all that awesome. uh maybe we'll add a few more uh we'll see we'll get you guys some sweet packs we'll give out you know standard stuff we know we know you legacy people don't want don't want standard booster packs <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see if we can come up with something sweet awesome jerry do i get to snuggle with bryant again or does he have to stay somewhere else this time no we're separating you two. Oh man <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's staying at my place i think yeah, you're staying with me, Wilson. I had I had the I had the cleaning crew come in and tidy up my apartment for you, so it's all neat for you when you come. I'm excited. Oh, you mean the person who did a terrible Thank job, you. Jerry? Yeah, that's <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Awesome. All right, well, let's get into scoops then. Um, uh, Wilson, since you're our guest, we'll let you go first if you'd like. Do you have any scoops in the top eight this week? Scoops into top eight. This is just like a general, yeah, like general shoutouts. It, it doesn't have to a be a general positive yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Okay, um, I'm going to give a scoop to Swedish Magic players, specifically <laughs> named Marcus. I want to, yeah, let's scoop in Marcus from Sweden, who uh, is a wonderful, wonderful blue deck streamer on Magic Online, and uh, we love him. Awesome. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> hey, you didn't have any rules. No, I could do anything no I wanted. No rules. <laughs> no rules, man. Don't <laughs> mock me for my scoop. Lo- love is love, man. Yeah. Love is love. Yeah, 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 for sure. How about uh, any any poops? Any uh, any thumbs down this week? Besides Jerry Anarog. <laughs> Just sick, sick. I love it. Awesome. Uh, how, how about you? Actually, let, let me go first, and Jerry, you can you can you can tie us up there. Um, I'm going to scoop in our, our two newest patrons, John Kendall and Shingo Sean. Thank you so so much for joining the Patreon family. Um, I'm pretty sure they're both on the Discord chat now, but that thing's popping. It's always a really good time. Uh, lots of memes and whatnot going back and forth, and uh, and just some good talk between all the uh, the the fans in there, and uh, we share deck lists and whatnot. So if you want to get in on that. Uh, join the Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash leaving legacy. Um, I don't think I have any poops this week. I, I had a pretty good, I had a pretty good week. Uh, I got to, uh, finish installing my closet door and, and got to, to, uh, to, uh, you know, 
mud that up and sand it down and mud it again and sand it again and it's looking all nice. I'm gonna paint it this weekend. It's gonna be a good time. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna scoop myself in the top eight for finishing my closet project a year and a half later. So <laughs> it's pretty great. I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm glad you didn't wall yourself up inside the closet like what happened to. <laughs> See, I didn't, I didn't install the hardware yet. That's why there's no door handle <laughs> on it because I was afraid that might happen. Uh, I actually in my spare room up here. Uh, so. Um, when it, the the room that I'm in now is like a, it's the old uh, baby room that I had Lee, that Liam and Luke were in when they were little, but now they're in the other bedroom upstairs. So this room is like my office uh, slash old baby rooms, old baby stuff room. And uh, so there was a like a push button uh, passageway, uh, the push button door handle. So I had like a push button lock on one side and and the, and the regular handle on the other. And so originally the push button handle was on the inside of the door. But because my kids, like they, like especially Liam, would climb out of his crib and he could like lock it from the inside, then we couldn't get in the room when he was little. So we flipped the door handle. So now the push button's on the outside. But now sometimes when I'm in here, my kids will walk by and fucking lock the door on me, <laughs> and they'll lock me in the room. So I'm giving a, I'm giving a poops to my kids for locking me in this room. <laughs> How about you, Jerry? Who are you scooping in this They're week? They're testing the limit. They're testing the limits, Pat. They're they're wondering when they can assume so, control. So uh, so funny story about that. So when Liam was when Liam was like two years old he was in his playroom and that was another room that had like one of those door handles and he locked it but it wasn't a push button one it was one of the ones you twist and uh my yep. wife was at home and she was like seven months pregnant with luke and she could not get the door open she couldn't get liam to open it he couldn't figure it out because he was too little i had to come home from work and literally kick the door down <laughs> kick the door down and then go back to work <laughs> so uh they, they can't lock me in yet i'm i'm, I'm not, i might be the old man but they they're, they're not they're not too tough for me <laughs> awesome awesome how about you jerry who are you scooping in this week oh yeah scoops i got uh mike hilton he's already starting off the uh the expos charity drive um he sent in a tropical island for us to jerry, raffle off it's a christmas charity don't don't you dare take the christ out of christmas what did i he's say xmas you you oh oh uh so for the holiday drive the non-denominational <laughs> holiday drive it takes a real heathen to say xmas <laughs> <laughs> the non-denominational festivus holiday guy uh, charity drive uh mike sent it in awesome uh for i sent it to tropical island so we'll get that raffled up once like, we get the details that's like our fourth or fifth dual land that's insane yeah, yeah community is awesome that's man insane. community is awesome. that's more dual lands so. than i've bought this year and then resold this year <laughs> without having ever played right exactly <laughs> Uh, so yeah, scoops to uh, to Mike. Awesome. And uh, any any poops this week? Yeah, yeah. Freaking the cleaning cleaning lady. <laughs> so I, Wilson was coming up, and my apartment was a mess. And I, I I you know I can't have him stay with me in a messy apartment. So I'm like, oh, I'll I'll, hi, I'll treat myself. Treat yourself. I hired hired a cleaning lady to come, and I got scammed. Pat, <laughs> she put me she put me to work. Like uh, she came over and she sent me out to buy cleaning supplies three separate times. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like the first time is the is the line, right? Like I go out once. Yeah. I go out once for the like person she, I've she, subcontracted to clean my house. <laughs> yeah, she came over like the like the site advertiser like our our uh, they're fully prepared professionals have everything they need to take care so, of the right, job. So she showed up. Like, with, yeah, like, it sounds like she would have come with a lot of cleaning supplies, Jerry. What did she bring to your home? <laughs> she came with a roll of toilet paper, a roll of uh, paper towels, and a bottle of Windex, and that was it. <laughs> so she sent me out to like go get get supplies, um, like three separate times. The person at Walgreens was like, again. <laughs> Oh, you went to Walgreens, she, like, so you got shellacked for all those cleaning supplies. <laughs> yeah, and then she, like, got, like, gu- like guilt me into helping her out with things. And I'm just like, I just paid someone to, like, tell me how to clean my own house, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I, hired a, I hired a cleaning consultant is what ended up happening. Did you leave her in the house when you went to get the supplies? I did. Oh, you just got so conned? <laughs> Should I look around for missing valuables? Isn't, isn't that doesn't that have to be what just happened? She sent you three times to Walgreens. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> go check and see if you still have those duels. That were oh shit! I haven't checked in my tabernacle. Imagine she was there just to just to swindle you out of your duels. <laughs> she probably looked around and saw all my nerd collectibles and like, what is this garbage? She, she took your she took your pewter wizard, Jerry, holding the crystal ball. Oh man! <laughs> now that you mentioned it, that does sound very suspicious. 
<laughs> Though I feel she would have taken like the envelope of cash in my dresser before anything else. Oh, jeez. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Or uh, you know what? We're not, we're just gonna leave that where it is. All right. Awesome, <laughs> Wilson. My uh, or the gold bars I use to prop up my bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, Wilson. Thank you so much for coming on, man. It was so great to have you. We love having you on the show. Um, it sounds like you're doing some really great stuff with Cardboard Live, and I'm really excited to see uh, you know sort of where it progresses from here. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I'm excited to see you in, uh, in November. Yeah, thank you guys. This is definitely one of my favorite legacy podcasts. <laughs> really appreciate it. I feel like we're top ten. Really fun time talking. We're to like you. top ten legacy podcasts, probably. Definitely top ten. <laughs> yeah, I'd say at this point, you are definitely in the, my top ten. <laughs> Uh, All right. Uh, Well, again, thanks so much, guys, for listening, and we'll uh, catch you all next week.